Hey, you're listening to the Recipe Listen podcast, a slow podcast about food for the people that love it. I'm your host, Happy Katie, sitting in a spirited kind of mood with the arrival of fall and all the goodies and goblins it brings. This episode is tapping into a sweet and spicy Halloween vibe, featuring some treats and tricks throughout the centuries. Who knew that humans have loved to indulge in that sweet sugary stuff for so long? But first, to get us into that spooky season mood, a quick poem by Robert Louis Stevenson, entitled Shadow March. All around the house is the jet black night. It stares through the window pane. It creeps in the corners hiding from the light and it moves with the moving flame. Now my little heart goes a beating like a drum with the breath of the bogey in my hair. While all around the candle, the crooked shadows come and go marching along up the stair. The shadow of the baluster, the shadow of the light, the shadow of the child that goes to bed. All the wicked shadows come a tramp, tramp, tramp with the black night overhead. And with that, my dear ghoulish listener, let's turn the page and get going. Thanks for joining us on Recipe Listen. Chapter 1 Old School Halloween Treats The mountains of individually wrapped candies we come to expect today on Halloween, full size or fun size, was not the neighborhood norm until the 1970s. Before then, you would have been handed a different array of homemade tasty treats as you went door to door. So, let's taste a couple. Soul Cakes An early Christian replacement to the food and wine offered to the spirits of the ancestors that some cultures made on harvest holidays. Soul cakes are a small, spiced shortbread baked on the Catholic Feast of All Souls Day. These cakes would be given to the poor, who went door to door offering to pray for departed family members in order to help their souls get to heaven. This soul cake recipe comes from a book published in 1604. This book is entitled, Eleanor Fetaplace's Receipt Book. Your ingredients are, one half cup of ale, one teaspoon of yeast, two and a half to three cups of flour, one half cup of sugar, one quarter teaspoon each of nutmeg, clove, and mace one half teaspoon of saffron, one quarter cup of currants soaked in warm water or sherry for one hour, six tablespoons of sweet butter softened, one half teaspoon of salt, one half cup of dry sherry, one egg yolk mixed with one tablespoon of water, 
two tablespoons of brown sugar. Dissolve the yeast in the ale. This makes the ale barm, also known as ale foam. Set the mixture aside. In a large bowl, combine the flour and sugar. Start with two and a half cups of flour and add the rest if needed. Make a well, which is a depression or hollow area in the center of the dry ingredients, into the flour-sugar mixture and pour in the ale barm. Leave these ingredients unmixed so the ale barm may proof. In a separate bowl, cream the butter and the spices. Warm the sherry. You can use some of the sherry from plumping the currants. And let the saffron steep for a few minutes. In the large bowl, cover the ale barm with some of the flour-sugar mixture. Then add the creamed butter, spices, and sack and with a large spoon, begin gently blending until the mixture resembles coarse, wet sand. Finish the blending process with your hands, kneading in the bowl until it forms a ball of dough. The finished product needs to be smooth and elastic, and soft but not sticky. Add more flour if the dough is too wet. Add more sack if it's too dry. You can add all the currants to the dough and just make crosses or leave a few tablespoons out of the dough and make your faces or skip the currants entirely. Roll this dough out onto a floured surface till about one quarter to one third of an inch thick. Use a lightly floured cutter to make the cakes. The earliest references to soul cakes describe them as flat and oval. Place them on a baking sheet lined with parchment paper. Let them rest for 5 to 10 minutes in a warm spot. If you want them puffier, let them rise covered for an hour. Bake at 375 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 minutes. Remove and brush with egg yolk and return to the oven for 10 to 15 more minutes until cooked through. Remove from the oven and when still hot, sprinkle a little brown sugar on the top of each cake. Let cool on a wire rack and serve. This recipe makes approximately two dozen small cakes. Our next recipe is popcorn balls. First published in 1861 in E.F. Haskell's Housekeeper's Encyclopedia, popcorn balls soon became a crunchy, tasty holiday staple. And the recipe from way back when couldn't be simpler. Boil honey, maple, or other sugar to the great thread, pop corn, and stick the corn together in balls with the candy. Chapter 2 Games for Halloween Halloween indulgences aren't just dedicated to sweets and soul cakes. Enjoy the following excerpt from a book published in 1912 entitled Games for Halloween by author Mary F. Blaine that features party tips and a few 
shall we say, interesting ways to incorporate food into Halloween trickery. The book cover design itself is kind of delightful, and I encourage you to check it out on our site just for fun. And with that, here we go. Halloween, or Hallow-even, is the last night of October, being the eve or vigil of All Hallows or All Saints Day, and no holiday in all the year is so informal or so marked by fun both for grown-ups as well as children as this one. On this night, there should be nothing but laughter, fun, and mystery. It is the night when fairies dance, ghosts, witches, devils, and mischief-making elves wander around. It is the night when all sorts of charms and spells are invoked for prying into the future by all young folks and sometimes by folks who are not so young. In getting up a Halloween party, everything should be made as secret as possible, and each guest bound to secrecy concerning the invitations. Here is a form of invitation that might be used. Witches and choice spirits of darkness will hold high carnival at my house on October 31st at 8 p.m. Come prepared to test your fate. Costume, witches, ghosts, etc. Well, that was fun. And now for some of Mary F. Blaine's Halloween decor tips with lots of edible elements. The room or rooms in which most of the Halloween games are to be played should be decorated as grotesquely as possible, with jack-o'-lanterns made from apples, cucumbers, squash, pumpkins, etc., with incisions made for eyes, nose, and mouth, and a lighted candle placed within. A skull and crossbones placed over the door entering the house would be very appropriate. The hall should be in total darkness except for the light coming from the jack-o'-lanterns of all shapes and sizes in various places. Autumn leaves, green branches, apples, tomatoes, and corn should also play an important part in the decorations. Black and yellow cheesecloth or crepe paper makes very effective and inexpensive decorations. The dining room should be decorated with autumn leaves, goldenrod, yellow chrysanthemums, strings of cranberries, etc. For a table centerpiece, a large pumpkin could be used with a top cut off and partly filled with water in which a large bunch of yellow chrysanthemums or goldenrod could be placed. Bay leaves could be scattered all over the table. The dining room should also be in total darkness except for the light given by the jack-o'-lanterns until the guests are seated, when they should be unmasked. The supper could be served in this dim light, or the lights turned up and the room made brilliant. After the supper is over, and while the guests are still seated, a splendid idea would be to extinguish all the lights and to have one or more of the party tell ghost stories. Another suggestion is to have the hall totally dark 
with the door ajar and no one in sight to welcome the guests. As they step in, they are surprised to be greeted by someone dressed as a ghost who extends his hand, which is covered with wet salt. And now for some food-based Halloween party games. This first one is called Walnut Boats. Open English walnuts and remove meat. In each half shell, fasten short pieces of differently colored Christmas candles, each of which is to be named for a member of the party. And after lighting, set afloat in a large pan or tub of water. The behavior of these tiny boats reveals the future of those for whom they are named. If two glide on together, their owners have a similar destiny. If they glide apart, so will their owners. Sometimes candles will huddle together as if talking to one another, while perchance one will be left alone, out in the cold as it were. Again, two will start off and all the rest will closely follow. The one whose candle first goes out is destined to be old bachelor or maid. These nutshell boats may also be made by pouring melted wax into halves of walnut shells, in which there are short strings for wicks. The Dumb Cake Each one places a handful of wheat flour on a sheet of white paper and sprinkles it over with a pinch of salt. Someone makes it into a dough, being careful not to use spring water. Each rolls up a piece of dough, spreads it out thin and flat, and marks their initials on it with a new pin. The cakes are placed before the fire, and all take seats as far from it as possible. This is done before 11 p.m., and between that time and midnight, each one must turn the cake once. When the clock strikes 12, the future wife or husband of the one who is to be married first will enter and lay the hand on the cake with their name. Throughout the whole proceeding, not a word is spoken, hence the name Dumb Cake. If supper is served before 11.30, Dumb Cake should be reserved for one of the after-supper tests. The Halloween Souvenir Game Suspend apples by means of strings in doorway or from ceiling at proper height to be caught between the teeth. The first successful player receives the prize. These prizes should be Halloween souvenirs, such as emery cushions of silk representing tomatoes, radishes, apples, pears, pickles, or pen wipers representing brooms, bats, cats, witches, etc. Flower Test A bowl is filled tightly with flour. During the process of filling, a wedding ring is inserted vertically in some part of it. The bowl, when full, is inverted upon a dish and withdrawn, leaving the mound of flour on the dish. Each guest cuts off with a knife a thin slice which crumbles into dust. The guest who cuts off the slice containing the ring will be married first. 
cooling kale. All are blindfolded and go out singly or hand in hand to the garden. Groping about, they pull up the first stalk of kale or head of cabbage. If the stalk comes up easily, the sweetheart will be easy to win. If the reverse, hard to win. The shape of the stump will hint at the figure of the prospective wife or husband. Its length will suggest age. If much soil clings to it, the life partner will be rich. If not, poor. Finally, the stump is carried home and hung over the door. The first person outside of the family who passes under it will bear a name whose initial is the same as that of the sweetheart. That was by far the most interesting one. Our next game is the Raisin Race. A raisin is strung in the middle of the thread a yard long, and two persons take each an end of the string in their mouth. Whoever, by chewing the string, reaches the raisin first, has the raisin and will be first wedded. The True Lover Test Two hazelnuts are thrown into hot coals by a maiden, who secretly gives a lover's name to each. If one nut bursts, then that lover is unfaithful. But if it burns with a steady glow until it becomes ashes, she knows that her lover is true. Sometimes it happens, but not often, that both nuts burn steadily, and then the maiden's heart is sore perplexed. Ducking for apples Into one tub, half filled with water, are placed apples to the stems of which are tied bits of paper containing the names of the boys present at the party, while across the room is a similar tub in which the names of the girls are placed. With hands tied behind them, the young folks endeavor to extricate the apples with their teeth, and it is alleged that the name appearing upon the slip fastened to the apple is the name of the future helpmeet of the one securing the fruit from the receptacle. I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Winnowing corn. Steal out into the barn or garden alone or go three times through the motions of throwing corn against the wind. The third time an apparition of the future spouse will pass you. In some mysterious manner also, you may obtain an idea of his or her employment and station in life. Apple pairing. Each guest receiving apple and knife is requested to peel an apple without breaking it, then swing the pairing around their head and let it drop to the floor. The letter formed is the initial of the future mate's name, or you may hang your pairing over the door. The first of the opposite sex to pass under will be your mate. Chapter 3 
A candy timeline and why today is a great day to make your next dentist appointment. Some of your favorite candy treats have been around for a very long time and will no doubt outlive all of our tooth enamel. Let's saunter down this candy timeline together. 1847, the world's very first milk chocolate bar is launched, later named Fry's Chocolate Cream Bar. 1880, candy corn. 1893, juicy fruit gum. 1896, Tootsie Rolls. 1900, Hershey's Milk Chocolate Bar. 1902, Neko Conversation Hearts. 1906, Milk Chocolate Kisses. 1908, Toblerone. 1912, Lifesavers. 1914, Heath Bar. 1922, Hershey's Peanut Butter Cups. 1922, Haribo Gummy Bears. It's embarrassing how much I love those colorful little guys. 1923, Milky Way Candy Bar. 1923, Baby Ruth which is not named after the Babe, the Sultan of Swat baseball legend, in case you were wondering. 1928, Dum Dum's Lollipops. 1930, Snickers Bar. 1931, Tootsie Roll Pops. 1932, Three Musketeers. 1932, Peppermint Mentos. 1941, M&M's. 1949, Whoppers. 1949, Junior Mints. 1952, Pixie Sticks. 1954, Marshmallow Peeps. 1958, Candy Necklaces. 1960, Starburst Fruit Shoes. 1962, Now and Later. 1963, Cadbury Cream Eggs. 1976, Jelly Belly. 1978, Reese's Pieces. 1979, Twix Bar. 1979, Ring Pop. 1981, Skittles. 1983, Nerds. 1992, Dove Chocolate Bar. 1994, Starburst Jelly Beans. And last, but certainly not least, if you're me, at least, in 2013, Blue Raspberry was added to the Sour Patch Kids mix. Those things are so darn good. Friend, we have arrived at our witching hour, stuffed full of sweets and treats, perhaps ready to play a few tricks too. Thanks for joining the Recipe Listen podcast. Life is complicated. We hope you enjoyed some quiet moments of culinary adjacent rest here. Be sure to like and rate us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
It helps us connect with people that need to take a quick, relaxing step back. And honestly, it just makes us happy. Hit us up at RecipeListen.com to find links to our featured recipes, music, and other interesting things. Whatever you're cooking, I hope it's delicious. And if it's not, feed it to the trick-or-treaters. See ya! Ha, 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 ha.